This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 9, 2022. I'm Gina Capasso. The U.S. has officially banned imports of Russian oil, breaking from its European Union allies, many of whom rely on Russian oil and gas. Currently, the U.S. gets about 3% of its oil from Russia. It's being called a sign of the times. For the first time in more than 50 years, Minneapolis teachers went on strike Tuesday. Backers of educators on the picket lines say beyond the specific demands, the movement reflects the morale of teachers nationwide. More on what's at stake. Other demands from Minneapolis teachers include smaller class sizes and culturally relevant support for staff members. Matt Pulowski, who serves as a teacher mentor in the district, says educators have made huge sacrifices to meet the needs of students during the pandemic. It's been a rough ride. We are fighting for a better future so that we, our morale can improve. Educators say the district has the resources to meet their demands, but the superintendent has cited lower enrollment and inadequate education funding as roadblocks. St. Paul avoided its own teacher walkout this week with a last-minute agreement. The labor issues have spurred calls for state lawmakers to use Minnesota's large budget surplus to boost school funding. GOP leaders say the focus should be on taxpayer relief. I'm Mike Moen. Meanwhile, the first hospital security officers in Rhode Island to unionize successfully signed their first contract, and they're urging other New England workers to organize. Security officers, parking lot attendants, and security associates at Women's and Infants Hospital in Providence joined 32 BJ Service Employees International Union. SEIU's security division represents more than 3,000 employees in Massachusetts as well. Scott Malloy, officer and member of the bargaining committee, says the hospital workers have gone a long time without a pay raise to match the inflation rate. And this contract includes at least an 8% raise for each member. It's a comfort that this department's never really had. We now know that we have support when we need it. If something goes wrong or if there's something that we come across in in one of our shifts, we know that the union is going to be there to back us when we need the protection and we know we're in the right. There's been a renewed interest in union membership in recent years after declining in the past few decades. In Iowa, cleanup continues from last weekend's Denley tornadoes. Currently, homeowners can use their own praisers in establishing a claim. But going forward, a bill in their state legislature would give that right exclusively to insurance companies. Christopher Rance, a lobbyist with the American Adjusters Association, says that property owners who felt shortchanged would have no choice but to go to court. Most people can't afford to do that. They certainly can't wait for two years to go through the litigation process of fighting with their insurance company. Opponents worry the proposal would strip the right of property owners who have seen their fair share of recent disasters. This is PNS. Across the country, advocates are urging Congress to pass a fully funded full-year appropriations bill instead of the stopgap continued resolutions for the various federal programs supporting low-income and working people. Lily Bulkey has more on the situation in Alabama. Between 2010 and 2021, many programs serving low-income people nationwide lost ground, taking inflation into account. Carol Gundlach with Alabama Arise says with the economic pain the pandemic has caused and the steep inflation we are seeing now, the flat funding has made it more difficult to fill Alabamians' needs. All the way from housing to, you know, nutrition programs to health services and particularly mental health services that are all tied up in, you know, what they call the discretionary non-defense spending that has just been level funded and the needs have grown and the money hasn't. 
She says many of Alabama's kids experienced learning loss due to the pandemic and increased funding levels for education are needed. And she adds workforce training and substance abuse treatment are two other major areas where funding is strained. Medicaid funds a majority of nursing home operations across the country, and new legislation in Connecticut aims to spend those dollars a little bit differently by making sure they make their way directly to patients receiving care. More from Emily Scott. Medicaid funding allocated through the state pays for about 74 percent of nursing home care in Connecticut. The bill asks nursing home managers to provide summaries of how they're using Medicaid dollars to support patients, including feeding, bathing, and administering medication. Anna Doragazi with AARP Connecticut says the goal is accountability to help understand how funds are disclosed on nursing home cost reports. And it's been really difficult for advocates and policymakers to try to parse out, are these fair prices? Is this the cost of doing business? And is all of that happening at the expense of resident care? Healthcare associations have expressed opposition to similar bills, saying this type of requirement discourages providers from using funds for facilities management, which could drive down the quality of care. And in Utah, state officials are also looking to leverage some federal funds a little bit differently, using money from the bipartisan infrastructure bill on a new wildlife crossing pilot program that focuses on the safety of not only wildlife, but motorists as well. Here's the story. Bill Christensen with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation explains funding will be used for fences, underpasses, and other measures near I-80 and I-84 to allow for safe wildlife migration. The estimates are that as many deer and elk are killed on the highways as on legal hunts during the year. So this is a major problem. According to the Utah Wildlife Migration Initiative, crossing structures and fences reduce wildlife vehicle collisions by 90 percent. Mary Sherman reporting. This is Gina Tempesta for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.